from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. There's a story in the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible, chapter 3, where there's a boy named Samuel who's living with a priest named Eli. Wasn't weird back then. Uh, one night, Samuel's in bed when he hears a voice say, Samuel, Samuel. So he runs into the priest's room and he says, here I am. The priest, his name was Eli, says, I didn't call you. Go, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed, but he's laying there. He hears the voice again, Samuel. Samuel runs back in the priest's room and he says, here I am. Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Goes back to bed. And uh, here's what the next verse says. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now that might sound like Samuel didn't yet believe in God, but that's not what it means because he did. Uh, some Bible scholars say that this verse could be translated he didn't know how to listen to God. Well, then the voice comes again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel's getting a little tired of this, but he runs back to the priest's room again. And he says, here I, here I am. And then let's look at what it says next. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Well, then the voice comes again, Samuel, Samuel. And uh, here's the next uh, verse after that. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And guess what? God spoke to him. And Samuel hears what God has to say. Pretty cool, right? Now you might say, yeah, that, that's nice. But God doesn't do that anymore. Or, or does he? And if he does, how exactly does it work? The answer is yes, God still communicates with us. I mean, what kind of God would God be if he couldn't? He would be a mime God, hate mimes, <laughs> right? He wouldn't be much of a God if he was unable to communicate with us. And the whole point of Christianity is to have a relationship with God. What kind of relationship would it be if we could talk to God, but God couldn't talk to us? Can you picture having a relationship with someone who's unable to speak to you? God still speaks. God does communicate. So we need to pray that prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, God can speak to us in different ways. Uh, one way God speaks to us is through the Bible. Uh, God inspired what's written for us in the Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. So humans wrote the Bible. It's written by, by people, but God gave them the words to write. God also helps us to understand what's written for us in the Bible through uh, his Holy Spirit, who is God with us, God in us. Um, the verses just before the last one say, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. That saying, 
you know what you think better than anyone else can know what you think, right? And God knows his thoughts better than anyone else could. God has given us his Holy Spirit, God living inside us so we can better understand his thoughts through his word, the Bible. God is able to help us understand God, God's thoughts. And God will speak directly to us through what's written for us in the Bible. I'm not, I'm not uh, just saying when we read the Bible, we learn something. I'm saying that God will personalize what we read so there will be times where it's like God is speaking directly to us. Like you'll be reading and think, this is exactly what I need to hear. That's the answer I've been looking for. Yeah, because God speaks to us through the Bible. That, that's why, man, we encourage you, uh, we implore you to read the Bible every day. But because we need to know the Bible and because God wants to meet with us through it and speak to us through it. It's why uh, we put together a, a Bible reading plan for you every year. Uh, you can find it at vervecatalyst.org. Uh, if you read it, if you read the plan, you read one chapter a day. It's not very much. It won't take very long. Uh, although, man, we should be willing to give a lot of time, but it's not that much. In a year, you'll read the entire New Testament, the part of the Bible after Jesus came, and one-fifth of the Old Testament. So you, if you say, I'm going to do this plan, and you do it for five years, you'll have read the New Testament five times the whole Old Testament once. How cool would that be? Uh, if you go to vervecatalyst.org and subscribe, what will happen is you'll have a, a chapter emailed to you every day. Um, and also in that email, you'll get some study notes, some application questions, and a five-minute podcast from me, um, kind of exploring and experiencing God through the Bible together. God speaks to us through the Bible. Another way God speaks to us is through other people. Uh, sometimes we need to hear something, and God will use someone else to tell it to us. There's a, a time in the Bible where this guy named David sins in a pretty uh, significant way. But, but he doesn't admit it, doesn't confess it, doesn't apologize. Well, God needs him to understand that what he's done is wrong. And so God sends a friend of David's named Nathan to tell him, and, it's, and it works. He listens to Nathan Boom, it's like, oh, I've sinned. I mean, that's worked in my life. I've had people tell me exactly what I needed to hear. And I think it was because God gave them words to say to me. One, one question people ask when you talk about this is, well, how do you know? Like, like if, if, if someone tells you something, it might just be their advice, right? It might be their advice, not God's words. It might even be bad advice, or I guess it might be a, a message from God. So how do you know? You know by knowing the Bible. If you read the Bible consistently, like I said, every day, you, you just start to know how God thinks, God's thoughts, what God says. And so you can evaluate what your friends say against what the Bible says. A third way God speaks to us is through, um, we'll call them promptings, through promptings. Uh, God promises to guide us. Like in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It says, if, if we're willing to do what God shows us to do, he will show us what to do. Like, if, if you're not willing to do what he wants you to do, what's the point of him showing you, right? 
So, so I, I mentioned the, uh, the Holy Spirit who is God in us. Well, the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts in the Bible is the, the history book of the, the first Christians. And 59 times in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. In 39 of those, he is speaking. It's a big part of what he does. God is with us, in us, to guide us. And he, what he does is he, he prompts us. The, the idea of promptings is that God will cause uh, thoughts to come to our minds or kind of impressions or a sense of direction. You'll just have this sense of like, and I feel like I need to apologize. Or I think I'm supposed to volunteer for that. I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to call that person. Maybe this isn't the best idea. I think I should buy an extra roll of toilet paper. That may not be God. That might be something. I don't know. But, but God will nudge you. I, I mentioned uh, reading the Bible every day. Uh, one day I read uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. And it's a, a section of the Bible about hope. And I felt God nudge me to send it to someone in our church who is struggling. Like I read it and I just had this thought, um, you should send it to, and then this, this person came to mind. I don't, that's not something I do. I don't read the Bible and send it to somebody. Um, so it was weird. I, I also felt weird because it's um, a person who I don't know very well at all. I've only met him a couple times, but I was like, okay, God, it's weird, but I'll do it. And I, I sent her a link and I said, hey, I thought of you and I read this. Maybe uh, it might encourage you to read this today. I, I don't know. Uh, and then she responded um, to me. And I want to read you what she said. Uh, she said, hey, Vince. I just read the Bible verse you sent me. It literally brought me to tears of joy and calmness and connection with God. Thank you so much. And for thinking of me to send that to me. It meant so much I shared it with a friend who might need a similar message. I even shared it with my women's group. And one person just sent me a text saying that she just got out of therapy. And that message was better than therapy. You know, she said, uh, thank you for thinking of me to send that to me. But honestly, I didn't think of her. God prompted me. And, and I love how the, the person said, hey, that message was better than what I paid for in therapy. That message was a chapter of the Bible. That's why we say read a chapter of the Bible every day. Uh, again, uh, one question you may have about a nudge, just a prompting is, how do you know if it's God? It might be God, but it might be something else. You know, it might just be a thought you have. Honestly, I'm not always sure. Okay, I'm, I'm not always like, that's God. That one's not. I'm like, but, but what I do when I get a little prompting is I ask, does this seem like God? What I'm feeling prompted to do, is it the kind of thing God would prompt me to do? Like, is it loving? Is it humble? Is it wise? Is it compassionate? Does it lead me to serve others, to, to make peace with someone or between two people, uh, to, to be more generous? Does it sound like God? I also find, uh, I, I found that the, the longer you're a follower of Jesus and the longer you consistently pray this, God, just speak to me, speak to me today, prayer, uh, the more you get to know God's voice. Kind of like we know Morgan Freeman's voice, right? The, the more you just start recognizing God's voice and you just kind of have a feel like that's a God one or I don't think that's a God one. So 
that, that question, does God still speak today? The answer is yes, God still speaks in, in lots of different ways, Bible, through other people, promptings, different ways, right? Maybe, maybe the better question we should ask is, why don't we always hear him? What, what do we need to do to hear him? If he's speaking, what do we need to do to hear him? Well, first, we need to believe. And, and I don't uh, just mean to believe in God. I mean, believe that God will speak to you. If you think God only spoke back in uh, the Bible times, if you don't believe that he speaks to us today, well, you're not going to be listening for his voice, right? And so you're not going to hear what he's saying to you. We need to believe. Second, we need to be still. But we need to be still because God often speaks in a whisper. There's a story in the Old Testament about uh, one of God's prophets. His name was Elijah. Uh, Elijah goes through this crazy time. He, he takes on a king and an evil queen and 500 prophets of a false god, all for God. He's like trying to take a stand for God. He experiences a dramatic victory, but then his life is threatened. They're, they're going to kill him. He runs for his life. And his whole life, it just feels like it's all just been loud noise. And he gets so discouraged, he actually thinks, I just want to die. I just want, I just want to die. Have you ever been so discouraged you felt like, I, th I think it I think it'd be easier to just not keep living. Elijah knows exactly how that feels. But what does God do when we feel like that? Well, God speaks to Elijah. He, he tells him that he wants to meet with him on a mountain. So Elijah's like, all right. And so he, he hikes up this mountain and he waits. And then this hurricane wind comes. And Elijah assumes, well, God said to meet here, he must be in the wind, but he's not in the hurricane wind. And, and then an earthquake hits and Elijah assumes God is in the earthquake, but he's not. And then a massive fire breaks out. Elijah assumes God is in the fire, but he's not. And I wonder if through all that, Elijah was thinking, not more noise, God. My whole life is noise. Everything is too loud already. And then, finally, God speaks to Elijah in a whisper. In a whisper. Can you imagine after the sheer volume of the wind and the earthquake and the fire, how the silence sounded, how it felt, and, and how gentle that gentle whisper must have been. Elijah learned a lesson that day, and it is a lesson that I am convinced God wants to teach us. Elijah learned that when life gets loud, listen for the whisper. When life gets loud, listen for the whisper. Because God will speak to you, but you need to be still. God will speak to you in, in the, the turmoil of life. God will speak to you when life is caving in. God will speak to you when life doesn't make sense. God will speak to you when your life feels empty. God will speak to you when your stomach feels empty. But God speaks in a whisper. And so you have to be still. When life gets loud, 
listen for the whisper. Third, uh, we need to be ready. When God speaks to you, he may tell you something he wants you to do, and so you need to be ready. Uh, Again, when God speaks to you, he's going to speak. He may give you something to do, and we need to be ready to do it. Like, what sense would it make for God to speak to us if he knows that we won't listen, right? And so we need to be ready to be obedient to whatever God tells us. I've heard it said that the way to be open to God's voice is stillness on the outside, surrender on the inside. So it's like quiet and listening on the outside, ready to do whatever God asks on the inside. Okay, so so first, we need to believe. Second, we need to be still. Third, we need to be ready. And fourth, we need to beware. Uh, this new teaching series we're starting today is called Dangerous Prayers. And it's uh, based on uh, somewhat on a book by Craig Groeschel called Dangerous Prayers. And, and I, I need to tell you this, that, that praying this prayer Samuel was taught, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, is dangerous. Why? Because remember, when God speaks to you, he may tell you something he wants you to do. You need to be ready to do it. And there is a very good chance that whatever God asks you to do is going to seem intimidating and scary and beyond you. Actually, let's do this. We, we did a quiz earlier. Let's do one more quiz if you're ready. Trivia question for those of you who have spent more time in the Bible. Some of you may be totally new to the Bible, but if you've spent time in the Bible. Uh, when in the Bible... Does God speak to someone, ask them to do something, and it's a very easy job. But when does God speak to someone and say, I've got an assignment for you, and it's pretty quick, and and it's easy, and honestly, you're not going to find it very challenging. How often does that happen? Roughly, rough guess. The answer is never, never. God never speaks and asks anyone to do anything easy. Think about what God says to people, what he asks of people in the Bible. God speaks to Noah, and he says, I want you to build an ark in the face of ridicule and then restart the whole human race. God speaks to Abraham, says, I want you to leave your home and go to a place you've never been, and I'm going to tell you where it is after you get there. You don't get to know until you get there. Go. Go. God speaks to Moses and he says, go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth, and tell him to let his free slave labor force leave without receiving any compensation in return so that they can go and worship a God he doesn't believe in. God speaks to a guy named Gideon, says, I want you to lead 32,000 men into a war where they will be outnumbered four to one. God God speaks to Jonah. He says, go to Nineveh, the most godless, violent city in the world, and tell everyone who lives there, all people who don't know you and will not acknowledge me, that they must repent or die. God, God speaks to Jeremiah, who is probably still just a teenager at the time. He says, I want you to go to pre- and preach to people who will never listen to you. They're, they're never going to listen. You just keep speaking to them. God speaks to Esther. He says, I want you to defy the king and save an entire race of people. 
God speaks to Mary, who was a virgin. I want you to give birth and the child you have will be the son of God. (laughs) How often does God speak to someone and say, I got an easy one for you. Never. God never speaks and asks anyone to do anything easy. And if you read those stories, the, the response everyone has to the assignment God gives them is fear. No one ever says, I got this. I can do this. No, no, no. The response is always fear and feeling inadequate because God never speaks and asks anyone to do anything easy. God loves us. He loves you so much. He wants what's best for us, but he is not concerned that our assignment be easy or that our lives be comfortable. Why? Because he loves us and wants what's best for us. And so he asks us to do dangerous things, seemingly impossible things. And God wants to speak to you. But beware. We live in a world where comfort is one of the highest values. We're told that we should be safe and secure. Some even attribute that to God, saying God wants to make our lives easy and make us rich. But God never said that. God never promised that. A guy named Greg Levoy put it like this. He said, he said, Jesus promised those who would follow him only three things, that they would be absurdly happy, entirely fearless, and always in trouble. Absurdly happy, entirely fearless, always in trouble. That's typically what we see with the people who listen to God in the Bible. And God hasn't changed a whole lot. In fact, God never changes and has not changed. And when he speaks to you, you need to beware because there is a very good chance that whatever God asks you to do is going to seem intimidating and scary and beyond you. A guy named Henry Blackaby, he's a um, Christian author, he, he says this. He says, some people say, God will never ask me to do something I can't do. I have come to the place in my life that if the assignment I sense God is giving me is something that I know I can handle, and I know it's probably not from God. The kind of assignments God gives in the Bible are always God-sized. They are always beyond what people can do because he wants to demonstrate his nature, his strength, his provision, and his kindness to his people and to a watching world. This is the only way the world will come to know him. I love that. God doesn't call us to easy tasks and to comfort because that won't help us to know him and it won't help a watching world to know him. To really know and experience God, we need to need him. If we live lives that we're capable of living without him, we don't need him. And if we don't need him, we'll never know him the way Elijah did and and Moses and Esther, right? And so God says, "Your, your comfort is not a value for me. I want something better for you than that. I want you to know me in a deeper way. I want you to experience me in a way that you only can if you have to do something that requires us to work together, something that makes you desperate for me. God 
doesn't call us to easy tasks and to comfort because that won't help us to know him. And it won't help a watching world to know him. For a, for a watching world to see God in us, we need to be doing things we can't do on our own. If we just live uh, respectable lives, man, how different are we than the other people in our cul-de-sacs or apartment complexes? God wants us to take us beyond respectable. God wants to take us to a dangerous place. God says, your comfort is not a value for me. I want something better for you than that. I want to speak to you and call you to something beyond you. When you do it, when you accomplish it, then your friends and your family and the world will know. that They'll know that you couldn't do that on your own. They'll know that you're with me. They'll, they'll know I'm real and that I am real in you. And so this prayer is a dangerous prayer. If, if you pray, speak to me. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. There is a good chance God will, will speak, will speak, and he will ask you to do something intimidating and scary and beyond you. In, in fact, the only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this prayer. Because if you pray it, yeah, you might find yourself doing dangerous things with God, for God. But if you don't pray it, you miss out on what God wants to say to you. You miss out on uh, the comfort God might give you when, like Elijah, your life has been too loud and you just need to hear his whisper. And, and you might miss out on the danger God might give you, like Moses and Gideon and Jeremiah and Mary. And if you miss out on that, well, you, you've missed out. I mean, do you think any of those people God spoke to and gave intimidating, seemingly impossible tasks to, do you think that any of them wish they had not done what God asked? <laughs> no. If we could ask them, they'd all say, and it was scary and it was hard, but I did it. We did it. God spoke to me and he partnered with me and we did it. And I got to know God in a way I never would have. And I got to help the world know God in a way maybe they never would have. And if I could go back, of course I would do it again. Praying this dangerous prayer reminds me of someone in uh, our church uh, from 10 years ago when she was just 11 years old. Uh, some of you may know Chloe, uh, she's 21. She's been going to, to our church uh, since she was 15. Uh, she volunteers in our children's and student ministries. Well, back when she was 11, she lived in Savannah, Georgia and went to a church there. And I want you to check out this two minute clip from a sermon her pastor did back then, uh, 10 years ago. Check this out. This is a family just like that. This is the Pierce family. Jamie is the dad, uh, Samantha is the mom, and they got two beautiful daughters. And you know, they love the Lord, and they have dreams for their kids. They hope their kids will be fully devoted followers of Christ. They have a vision for their family, that their family will honor God. Their girls will, will you know, be holy young women, not hoochie. They'll be holy mamas, not hoochie mamas. Amen? Generations from now, 
that spiritual strength of that time will be so strong and be amazing. And you know, they've seen it happen. This is little Chloe. Chloe is 11 years old. And she's heard about our Choose Compassion campaign. And so she's thinking, what can I do? So a week or two ago, 11 years old, she's in the sixth grade at a public school not very far from this building. On her own initiative, she wrote her principal at her public school and asked if she could have permission to start an after-school Bible study club at her public school. She writes the king to ask permission. Oh, principal, may you live forever. Here's my request. Guess what happened? She got permission. She not only got permission, she had another faculty member step up and say, I'll sponsor that Bible study club. And man, she made these flyers, you know, and she passed them out all over that elementary school. We're going to start it out on the day of love. We're going to start on Valentine's Day. We're going to have a great Bible study. Why don't you come and study the scripture with me? Nine students and one adult showed up for their first Bible study. Did I agree? Can you, can you imagine being 11 and starting a Bible study in your school, knowing she might be made fun of, might be insulted, maybe no one shows up? Why'd she do it? She asked God to speak to her, and that's what he asked her to do. If you ask Chloe, uh, I bet she'd say it was scary. And uh, if you could ask her, hey, if you could go back, would you do it again? Because it was scary. I bet you she'd tell you, of course I would do it again. In fact, I got to bring five new friends to church. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't start that Bible study. And the only thing more dangerous than praying this dangerous prayer is not praying this dangerous prayer, not praying it and missing out on the life God has for us and the impact we can make. So let's, man, let's pray this dangerous prayer. God, speak to me. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Like, let's, uh, let's start praying it together right now. God, I don't have a lot to say because it's already been said. And so I'm asking you, um, for me and for each person who ever watches this service, listens to this message, God, speak to me. I'll do whatever you ask. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.